Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Crush Course, the podcast for the wine curious. My name is Sarah, and I am coming to you from Sonoma Valley, California, in the heart of wine country. I am so excited for this episode and for this podcast, and I'm so thrilled to finally be able to share it with all of you. This first episode is just meant to be a bit of an introduction, a bit of my own wine philosophy, and what I hope to accomplish with this podcast. So let's get to it, shall we? So I would bet good money that wine is one of the most commonly purchased but least understood food products in America. Think about the last time that you bought a bottle of wine. Maybe you stopped in at your local grocery store to pick up a bottle before a friend's party or dinner with your family. You have good intentions and are feeling pretty confident until you come to the wine section. Bottles cover every last inch of the shelves. And apart from some vague signs telling you the varietal or the region, you are starting to feel really lost. Your eye is naturally drawn to the more artistic labels, but something in the back of your mind is telling you that if you want to impress people, you better bring a French wine. Only you don't know French. Then something catches your attention and you see that another customer is coming towards you. What if they judge you for the bottle that you picked out? Or worse, what if they ask for your opinion on their wine? Before you know it, you've grabbed a $10 bottle of red with a flashy label and you're rushing towards checkout. Or maybe you went wine tasting with a group of friends. It seemed a good enough excuse to get dressed up and get out of town for the day while the weather was good. But now you're playing the unwilling student to your host who is rambling on about oak? You thought that was a tree. You sip your Chardonnay and sort of understand what he means when he says buttery, but as soon as he mentions fermentation, your attention quickly drifts away. You buy a bottle because you almost feel obligated to, but mostly because you want to get the tasting comped. Before the night is over, that and every other bottle of wine your group purchased has been consumed back at the Airbnb. And to be frank, they all sort of tasted the same to you. Maybe neither of these is true for you. Maybe you rather enjoy trying new wines and know what you like, but want to know a bit more about what happens behind the scenes. Or like me, maybe wine is an adventure and a passion for you. It's a chance to learn something new about a part of the world that shares a chapter in a historic legacy all while making wonderful memories with the people you love most in the world. No matter where you are on your wine journey, I would like to invite you to join me as I explore the world of wine, from grape to glass and everything in between. The idea of doing a podcast like this came about a few years ago. It was summertime, and without classes or a job to keep me at school, I was spending the summer at home with my parents. One afternoon, we found ourselves out on the patio with my sister and a few of her friends that were visiting from out of town. The conversation turned to my classes for the upcoming fall. It was looking to be a doozy. 
with the most units I'd ever had on my plate, including a viticulture class with a reputation for students flunking out in the first week. One of my sister's friends asked a specific question about grapevines or something, and I went off on this giddy, geeky rant. I was so immersed in my own fascination that I didn't even notice that most of the people at the table had gone a bit glassy-eyed, except for the friend of my sister's who had asked the question. He had managed to keep up, but then again, he was a computer programmer who liked to spend his Friday nights drinking beer and coding for fun. Yeah, you heard that right. He was an interesting guy. At a lull in my miniature lecture, my mom jumped in. You know so much about this. I knew I didn't. At that point, I was barely halfway through my schooling and had a lot left to learn. Why don't you write a blog or do a podcast about wine, she asked. Talk about how it's made and how it works so people can understand. I remember giving some lame answer about not knowing what sort of recording equipment I would need. But the truth was that on top of being a total introvert, I felt like I had no right to talk about a subject in which I was still a complete novice. The idea fell by the wayside when I went back to school. I finished up college and moved to Napa to put my degree to work. I got and then lost several jobs in different areas of the wine industry, each time feeling like a complete failure. I started to feel lost and unsure of myself. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to stay in wine. And then I lost my mom. So I grew up a lot and I made it my mission to figure out what makes me happy. And one of those things is helping people learn about wine and figure out what sort of wine they like. And then really not that long ago, it just came back to me and I knew I had to do it. I had no more excuses and a lot I wanted to share. For one thing, I think way too many people are scared of wine. It's understandable. Growing up, I don't remember ever seeing my parents or their friends drink wine. We were a beer household. We always had one bottle of wine in the fridge, though. A half-used bottle of generic white wine. I think it was probably like a two-buck chuck or something. That we kept for the rare occasion that some pasta sauce called for it. The only place I saw people drinking wine was on television or in the movies. Typically... A character who drank wine was rich and a bit snobby and always seemed to look down their nose at other characters that they thought weren't as cultured as them. I'm definitely picturing Kelsey Grammer's character from the sitcom Frasier from back in the 90s. Not exactly the most welcoming kind of guy. I would like to say I was surprised when I met people like this in the industry, but I wasn't. Not really. The only surprise to me was that these sorts of egos wore flannel and work boots instead of fine Italian suits. I'm very happy to report, though, that I've only come across a small handful of people like this in my time in the wine industry. Most people in this industry are nothing like that. <laughs>
We are wildly passionate about what we do and about wine, which I know can sometimes come off a bit strong, but we have the best intentions. We want to share it with you. We want to geek out about it with you. It's kind of like our own version of trading baseball cards. So the next time you find yourself being chatted up by a wine person, don't worry. We're just excited to share our world with you. But wine as a beverage really shouldn't scare you. I mean, it is just a bit of grape juice when you take it back to basics. I think that the main reason that wine has become such an intimidating beverage is because of those folks in flannel I was talking about earlier. That and there's a sense of mystery about wine. Not many people know how it's made or how to tell if a wine is poorly made or has gone bad. There's just so many questions about it. I think with just a little bit of education, wine can easily go from mysterious to wondrous. Second, you should only drink wine because you like it, not because you want to impress anyone. Back when I worked in a tasting room, it felt like I was always being asked the same thing. Which wine should I be drinking? What do you think is good? Which wine is the best? The way I see it, people who approach wine like that are treating it like it's a test. It's almost as if they want to have all the right answers so that the next time they find themselves in the right crowd, they can whip out all their newly gained wine knowledge and impress everyone. They aren't really interested in understanding or enjoying wine. They're more interested in making wine a fun fact about themselves. Now, don't get me wrong, I relish the chance to help educate people about wine, but I was always a little bit disappointed when they asked those sorts of questions, mostly because it felt a bit like being asked to share a part of your homework when you spent all week working on it. It's just a shortcut that really doesn't benefit anyone. But also, in my opinion, there is no such thing as the best when it comes to wine. Now I know, I may have just caused a schism in the wine community by saying that, but hear me out. While there are point systems and wine critics that try to quantify the quality in wine, it is my personal belief that the best wine out there is the one that you will always be excited to open. It's the bottle that, when you take that first sip, you just feel happy and good, and your soul does a little happy dance. It doesn't have to be expensive, or be from a historic estate, or be French. It just has to be what you like, plain and simple. And what you like is going to change over time. I mean, when I first started drinking wine, my favorite was a $5 bottle of Riesling from Trader Joe's. And I would tell anyone who would listen that Pinot Noir was the worst wine out there. Now, I love Pinot Noir, and the last time I had that Riesling, I couldn't have more than a sip of it because it's just so sweet. Your tastes will change and evolve the more you drink wine. But that's part of the fun of the journey. Looking back and seeing how far you've come and exploring all the new wines that you might end up loving. My goal with this podcast is not to tell you what wine you should be drinking, but to help you understand what goes into making a good quality wine what certain winemaking styles mean when you see them on the label, or what you can expect of a certain region. My goal here 
is to give you all the tools and all the information so that you can walk into any bottle shop with confidence and choose a wine that you will most certainly enjoy. And finally, I think wine should be fun. And I'm here to make it fun. So that's the gist of it. I'm just a wine nerd who wants to help you understand wine a little bit better so that you can enjoy it more. Perhaps you'll pick and choose the more sensory-focused episodes to learn about tasting notes or how to properly age a wine. Or maybe you'll stick around to hear me talk about biology, wine chemistry, barrel making, and history. I would highly encourage the latter. Not just for my sake, but because wine isn't just what's in the glass. It's a story One that starts with the soil in the vineyard and goes through harvest and the cellar, ending when you finally pop the cork and take that first sip. I'm a sucker for a good story, and I hope you are too. Now it's time for our very first weekly tradition here on Crush Course. It's the wine of the week. I wanted to do this segment so I can feature a wine that I'm really enjoying right now, and to hopefully help you broaden your own drinking horizons. The first wine of the week for Crush Course is the Sparkling Albarino from Carboniste here in Napa. If you know me personally, this really isn't much of a surprise, as I will never give up the chance to gush about how much I love this wine. Albarino is a Spanish varietal that we don't normally see made into sparkling wine, but I think it just works so perfectly for this one. This wine is perfectly crisp with a lemony acidity to it and the bubbles are so delicate they practically dance on your tongue. They are one of the few wine clubs that I'm actually a part of because I always have to have one of their bottles on my wine rack. It's a little tough to keep it there though since it's always the first one that I want to reach for whenever I'm in the mood to pop some bubbly. I think I'll open a bottle tonight to celebrate the podcast. Information on Carboniste and where to purchase their wines are in the episode description. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It has been such a thrill so far, researching, writing, and learning about launching a podcast. I'm so grateful to all my friends and family who have supported me and been with me as I've started this project. I want to give a quick shout out to Kirsten and Danielle who have been my copy editors on these first few episodes, and a very, very special thank you to Victor, who has been my greatest supporter and cheerleader in this endeavor, and he is what really inspired me to make this podcast. I'm Sarah, coming to you from Sonoma Valley, California, and this has been your crush course on my wine philosophy. Until next time, cheers!